Welcome to the Next Greatest Thing podcast, powered by the Arkansas Valley Electric Cooperative Corporation. This podcast is a place where we come together with electric experts and dedicated operators to discuss current co-op events, leading-edge technologies, and communicate with AVECC members. We are Arkansas Valley Electric, changing the communities we serve. Hello, and welcome to The Next Greatest Thing, a podcast powered by the Arkansas Valley Electric Cooperative Corporation. Today, we are getting to know Levi Young. How are you today, Levi? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Barbara? Good. I'm glad you could join me on a Monday morning. We're recording this on a Monday morning at 10 a.m. It's a beautiful day. It is a gorgeous (laughs) day. Spring is here. Well, Levi, thank you for joining us today, even though it is a beautiful day and we would most likely rather be outside, but you are a reoccurring guest on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, we've been on here before uh, talking about drones. Me and my uh, colleague Seth Sykes, he's uh, he's the uh, GIS and drone coordinator. So I just basically call you the drone guy, yeah. but you have a legitimate title. Yes. And it's the GIS analyst and UAS pilot. Yes, a GIS analyst and a, technically an SUAS pilot, but they just call me a UAS pilot. Okay. Uh, the S just means... That's a lot of letters, and you're going to have to explain what all of that is. So break that down (laughs) for us. What is GIS, and what does a GIS analyst do? So GIS is Geographic Information Systems, and really it's a fancy way to say we like maps, and (laughs) we we make sure maps look how they should and that everything's as accurate as it can be. So what about the UAS pilot? So a UAS pilot is an unmanned aerial systems pilot. Um, so it's any aircraft that's unmanned. Specifically, what we do is small unmanned aerial systems. So anything 55 pounds or below is all we can fly um, legally. So it has a weight limit. Yes. There, I didn't know there's that. A, there's a, ta- a top in. Now, once you go past that, you get general aviation, things like that. But we just do the, the drones up to 55 pounds. Interesting. So how long have you been with Arkansas Valley Electric? Um, this I'm going on my fifth year now. I'm about four and a half years in. Um, so not, not extremely long, but I've been doing the drones on the GIS since I've gotten here. I haven't changed positions at all or anything. So, Well, congratulations. Five years is a big milestone. Yeah, it, it's exciting, and it's a f- great place to work. It's a lot of fun. Absolutely. And if I'm not mistaken, your position was somewhat inspired by the cooperative wanting a drone program. Yeah, so um, that was a big part of the, the whole interview with me, uh, they, they needed another GIS person, but they knew the drone pro- program was coming up as well. And uh, they needed more people in that. <clears throat> so one of the interview questions that I was asked was, what am I willing to fly in a helicopter first? Because that's how they used to do the, the transmission inspections and things like that. Right. But then am I willing to get my drone pilot's license? And I was like, yeah, that's the coolest thing I've ever heard in <laughs> a job interview. So. Had you ever done anything like that before? Um, I had flown little RC drones in my life, nothing nothing that was a real commercial drone or uh, any it, it just it's not the same if anyone has ever flown a toy drone versus a real drone that they, they fly there's not a lot to do wrong but they're just so much better than right. what the toy ones are so it, no I hadn't done anything to that extent before I hadn't even been in a helicopter, and I still haven't at this point. But So you've never gotten to fly in the helicopter? No, no, they quit doing it uh, because we started doing the inspections strictly with the drones after that. And wow. It, it's just so much of a better inspection than it is in a helicopter. In a helicopter, you're moving so fast, everything's shaking. We have old videos of it and stuff, and it's just, I don't know how they did it. <laughs> I've, I've heard people describe getting a little 
air sick or a little motion sick up there because the helicopters just kind of whip around and go wherever, however, super fast. Yeah, um, that, that's well, and that's still a thing in the drone world too. Uh, not so much with what we do, uh, but if you put on the first person goggles, I I I'm the only one that really does those at the co-op. And I only do it for media purposes. I've done it for you for different videos and things like that. And um, I don't really get the motion sickness from it. But if you're moving in a vehicle and you have those goggles on and you're flying a drone, you, you're definitely going to get some sort of sickness. Yeah. It's, yeah. Your brain thinks you're going one way and your body's going another. It's not, a, not very fun. <laughs> not at all. What is your background? Because it's, it's not in GIS mapping and it's not in drones. So how did you even know that you were interested in a position like this? So I, I went to college for um, animation technology to make video games. That's what I wanted to do. During those classes, we had to take some CAD classes, which is learning how to draft and things like that. And then we also took one class that, ha- that was strictly surveying, but we only ever surveyed one field. Um, and it was all right. I didn't think anything of it. And I got into the CAD world, started drafting before I came into this position uh, for an engineering firm, and it was it was all right. It just wasn't really, I guess, what what I wanted to do. And then I got uh, one of the workers that was already here told me about a job that was opening up that they thought I'd be perfect for. So I went ahead and applied for it, knowing I've only surveyed one field before, so right. I'm not sure because I was told it was just GIS. I didn't know anything about the drones until I got to the interview. So I got uh, into the GIS, got in there. I was straight up, I was like, I don't know a lot about the surveying, but I can learn any program you tell me that I, I need to learn. Right. So when, as soon as I got in, uh, they, uh, one of my references told them I was, I was the hard enough, or hard enough worker that if you told me to run through a brick wall, I was going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's what helped more than anything. And I uh, got the job, and when I got in, they told me about the drones and it just took off from there. I mean, and now I'm able to integrate what I did in college because I did a lot of, I was a main 3D animation student. Um, so now we're doing things with drones that are 3D and it's it's really helping that I understand that that level of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Isn't it crazy how things work out like that? Yeah, it came full circle. <laughs> did not think it was going to, but it definitely did. That's so cool. And I think we might talk about the, the 3D aspect of drones uh, in a future episode. That's a little teaser right there. Well, now fast forward to five years later. What does your daily life look like in Um, your position? So daily life right now, um, just going through a week. We try to fly at least twice a week, if not more. It depends on weather, of course. You you don't want to fly in heavy rain or anything like that. And There's a lot of laws, regulations, things like that that restrict when you can fly. So we we have to work around that. But... We try two days a week on flying. Now for GIS work, um, usually I'm coming in, me and the other GIS analysts are making sure that new stuff gets put onto the maps, everything's correct in those, and then fixing anything that could have been wrong before or is wrong in that new edition, um, whether it's user error or software error. Typically it's software error, um, and we have to fix it that way. But uh, other than that, we're doing... Uh, a lot of software administration because we handle software for our staking department, for a lot of our operations, some of our engineering, and just different parts of the co-op we have software integrated into. And a lot of people don't realize how much that we're ingrained throughout the whole co-op right now. 
For someone who doesn't know the behind the scenes of how we actually operate as a cooperative, linemen, stakers, engineers, they all work off of maps to know where to go throughout our service territory. And all of those maps touch you, right? Yes. So we, we do every single map, every single iPad, all of that uh, we touch. Um, so anytime the guys need to find a place, they're using our, our maps. Anytime that uh, they need to go check on a meter or any, really anything, if they need to go cut a right away, they're always looking at our maps. It's always coming back to us. If they're staking a new job, they need to know a nearby place so they can get there so they can go meet with a member and then plot out their new line. Right. I was talking to a serviceman the other day. We're doing a, a, a media project with him. And I said, how do you get your information for the day? How do you know where to go? You know, do you go check in with somebody? And he said, no, it's it's on this iPad. It's on this map. Yeah, that's one of the softwares that we take care of. It's called Field Pro. And uh, it's a great software. And it, without it, we've had guys tell us, uh, you know, sometimes they just they get frustrated with it because technology has glitches. Things happen. but Of course. When, when they realize if I didn't have this, I would be carrying around paper maps of our entire system where there'd be a big paper map of the wall on the wall at the office. And I'd have to find it that way. They, we've had several of them tell us without it, it would just be a nightmare to do this job again. It wasn't too long ago that the cooperative was working on paper maps. Yeah, I I think um, I don't want to say an incorrect number, but it was probably within the last 15 years that it it was fully maps, uh, paper maps, not electronic. The GIS department has been instrumental in making everybody's life easier when it comes to serving our members in a in a quick manner. Yeah, and, and especially in outage situations, knowing where to go is a huge benefit. And I, I think that's a, a big part of it that a lot of people don't think about GIS has a big part in. Right, and GIS and drones. So, yeah. y'all, when it, when it comes to a big outage, you're one of the first ones dispatched yeah, out into the uh, field. Whenever it's a large outage and spread across a, a big area, we are what we would call bird dogs. We go out before the linemen and try and help. Uh, a lot of times the stakers go as well, and we try and find all of the poles that are broken, line that's down, things like that. We may not find it all, but we're going to find everything in our area. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, we're typically going to the furthest reaches of our area. So you may not see us in a city where the lines are down, but as you go out to places like OARC or Treat or things like that. Right. We're in those areas a lot because it's harder to get to those places during whenever a tree's over the road or if there's just ice everywhere or snow or something like that. It's it's a lot easier to get to those places with a drone than it is a truck. Right, right. Um, you don't have to you don't have to walk down those big steep hills or yeah. cross the cross the water. Yeah, and, and high water's a big one too up there. Uh, there's a lot of creeks and rivers that cross and whenever mm-hmm. the water gets up it's we've we were able to go and just figure out what they needed on a pole and then the guys were able to find their way around through the water what they could do to to make it safely across to restore power up there and sometimes it's just to determine hey nobody's in this cabin right now this is a hunting cabin we can wait a day or two before right before we need to do this right um maybe and that, that's a contact the member type of situation so if there's if there's nothing that's in dire need there, then a lot of times we can hold off for just a minute and the guys can go somewhere else where people that are actually living there need the power. Right. So you mentioned that you fly two days a week right now. What does that entail? What are you flying for? What are you looking for right now? Right now we're inspecting our poles just to ensure that we have good asset health throughout the system. And by asset health, I mean just 
poles aren't breaking down or maybe something is broken at the top of the pole. We want to make sure that it's safe and it's reliable. So that that's the biggest thing. A lot of people don't realize that a huge part of outages is preventing them in the first place. Um, we That's how we are able to keep the lights on as much as we do is because we do the pre the ahead of time maintenance. Right. right. And I, that's that's mainly what we're doing on those two days a week. We're inspecting everything, and we try to do that, and we're um, also inspecting our transmission line, which is just a bigger line uh, that feeds between our substations and things like that, and we do that every year. Awesome. So our members should know that we're, we're always working between between the linemen, the right-of-way, GIS program, drones. Yeah. We're out there. There's something out there. We know, we know what's going on. Yeah, and still, if you see something, call it in, but we're usually aware of it pretty quickly. That's awesome. How would you describe the work environment at Arkansas Valley Electric for you in the past five years? Oh, I've, I've, the, compared to the other places I've worked in my life, it's just phenomenal. It, there's nowhere else better that I've been. Everyone's kind. Everyone cares about what you're doing. If you have something going on in your life, there's a genuine interest. People come by your office or to your desk and ask how everything's going with whatever you have going on. Um, and it's definitely it's my favorite part of working at the co-op. So it's uh, definitely one of the best places I've ever worked. In addition to inspecting poles, working on outages, working with stakers, engineering department, operations, you also get to work with me. Yeah, it's one of my favorite things to do. Absolutely. (laughs) So I utilize you, or my department utilizes you, a lot for member spotlight videos and lineman videos, anything that I would like to publish on our social media, on YouTube. I love when the drones get to come out. Yeah, and it's a lot of fun for me because it lets me get, like I said, I went to school for video games, so it lets me get a lot of that creativity out and I uh, get to think of these different camera shots and ways the drones can operate. And now with the uh, the faster drones and there's drones that can do flips and things like that now, so it, it's a new challenge and it's a lot of fun to be creative with it. I think we work really well together. I generally give you a, a, a generalized shot list of kind of what I'm looking for, kind of the vibe I'm looking for in a video. But you pretty much go out and, and knock it out of the park yeah, every time. We, we always try to go and get your shots and make sure we get what you were wanting. But then we, as we're out there, we're like, hey, we can do this. Do you think this would look good in the video? And I love that. Like that. And it really makes for some shots that you wouldn't have ever thought of because it's it's hard to understand – when you're thinking through camera on the ground, sometimes it's hard to realize that, hey, I can do it from this angle over exactly. the top. And it's completely different. And it just adds a whole new level of depth to the video. There's only one shot you've never, you, you told me no. <laughs> only one shot. Yeah. It was. Uh, I always want that shot. Uh, and I'm getting better uh, with that drone. But it was the, the drone that goes really fast and does the flips and stuff. And you wanted me to go up one side of a steeple flip over it and spin down the other side yep. of it. <laughs> yep, I thought that was going to look really cool. And it would be the most beautiful shot ever. And it wasn't necessarily the steeple aspect. It was the power lines right next to the church. That it was going to look really cool in that hype video. It was yeah. actually for Wave. Yeah. But, yeah, we, we may go, we may redo that sometime. I need to practice that. <laughs> for sure. What has been your favorite project in the media? Oh. Favorite place to go, favorite place to film? So far. With the drone? Uh, yeah. Because that road trip was a lot of fun. The road trip was fun. Uh, at, for just what the drone looked like, the videos of it, 
had a ton of fun on the Charleston Wave one. Uh, there were some cool shots in that. But uh, the winery was beautiful. The winery was beautiful. And then I think it's hard to pick between that one and O-Art Burgers. The, the general Yeah, the that one was good too. Um, there wasn't a lot of crazy drone shots, but they were simple enough that they added to the video. But I, I would have to say probably the winery or Charleston would be top drone-wise. Right, and and that's the coolest thing about our service territories. We have such cool landscape uh, in, we've been in the River Valley. I didn't even know existed. Yeah, I know, I know. And, and it's, it's been a lot of fun exploring, but it's amazing that there's all these little beautiful places and I think everybody needs to go to those places it's really fun to experience it on the ground and go up the windy roads and take pictures but it's it's just a whole nother world seeing it It, from the air that's that's actually a a joke that we've made several times on the drone program I have been almost everywhere in our system in a truck but I can't tell you what it looks like from the truck because I'm usually looking at a screen on a controller. And I know what it looks like from above. I That's can, funny. You can look at it from above and be like, oh, I know exactly where <laughs> I'm at because of these mountains or this building or whatever. But right. they, uh, it, it is a completely different world whenever you get above the trees. That it's, it's so incredible that, we're, that Arkansas Valley Electric is able to offer that to our membership. Yeah, and it's a, it's a huge asset. Um, a lot of people don't realize that as well. But I, I, I'm appreciative that we get the the capability to do it to get the funding for it and things like that it's been phenomenal absolutely and it's only going to get better in years to come oh yeah the technology is growing massively absolutely well now is time to get to know you on a little bit more personal personal basis are you nervous? Yeah, I'm always nervous. I don't want to talk about <laughs> myself like that. So, as we mentioned earlier, we're doing this in the morning, and I'm really surprised that you don't have a cup of coffee in your hands. I, I did. It was on my desk, but I didn't <laughs> want to be lifting it up and drink, taking a drink while I was talking in the podcast and then putting it back down over and over and over. So, Levi and I work on two separate floors, and most of the time, when we're not working together on a media project, I will see you on a semi-regular basis at the coffee pot. Yeah, I'm always at the coffee maker, for sure. Um, I, I, I drink way more than I should. I've cut back several times, and I think I drink probably 60 ounces or more of coffee in a day. Are you serious? Yeah, it, which it sounds like a lot, but that's only two full Yeti tumblers. Only? <laughs> Yeah, I try to keep it to one in the morning, and if I really need it, one in the afternoon. But um, there's been times where I've been known to drink coffee at 10 o'clock at night. Wow. It's not uncommon. It I, doesn't affect you that much. No, it doesn't. And that it, maybe I'm just used to it. At this you're point. you're a dad of young of young children, yes. too, so you may need all the caffeine that you can get. Three boys, uh, all under four years old, or four and under, so. You can have all the coffee you Worn want. I <laughs> <laughs> need that. You and your wife both. Yeah. Is there such thing as a wing sauce that is too hot for you? Uh, I'm not going to say there's not one too hot, but I'm definitely willing to try it and find out. Um, I love I love spicy, and I love wings. Wings are my favorite food on this planet, and uh, I, I I like getting – there's a fine line. I want to try them all because I want to see what I can withstand. But at the same time, if I'm just eating to to enjoy the wing at that moment, I'm going to keep it 
I mean, on the higher end for most people, but it's pretty average for me. So when you go to Buffalo Wild Wings, what do you get? Uh, at least the hot. Um, I've, I've done the blazing a few times and the reaper or whatever, but the, the hot's my typical go-to hot. And then I, I like to get a Caribbean jerk just because I love the flavor of Caribbean jerk. Do you dip it in ranch or do you just nope. eat it? Nope. You I just, just eat it straight. Eat it straight. <laughs> no wow. ranch, nothing. Uh, I have to dip my garlic down. parmesan in ranch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My my wife's the same way. She uh, she thinks it's too spicy to get garlic parmesan half the time, or or honey barbecue, and then she says it's spicy. You know, I don't understand it. Th- those are my two go tos, yeah. <laughs> um, but I always have to have ranch beside it too. What is the where are the best wings located in the River Valley? Oh, that's a hard one. Um, I would say the vault in, in Van Buren. Really? Oh, yeah. Their their bone-in wings are, are great. Um, I, I, I'll eat – I'm a very – so I'm a picky person, and I won't eat a lot of foods. But whenever I find a food I like, I like it everywhere I can find it. <laughs> so <laughs> I like – I've not found a wing I don't like. Uh, but I would probably say the vault in Van Buren. Which we went to on our River Valley, mm. our ultimate River Valley road trip. And I got wings. And you got wings, <laughs> and you showed us how to properly eat a wing. Yeah, so you can only get one hand dirty. <laughs> <laughs> so go back and watch that video. It's on YouTube. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. You're an avid hunter, correct? I, I, I hunt. I, I wouldn't say I'm as much as most, or a lot of people, but I am, yes, I hunt every year, and I hunt the majority of the season. I don't quit after the first weekend or anything like that. I... I I start bow hunting in September typically, and I usually quit in January. Whenever, but season doesn't technically end till February. Right. But a lot of times, I, I just stay away from the the February. Cause it's just too long. It starts getting warm and things like that. Do you only hunt whitetail, or do you do turkeys, or? Um, I mainly hunt whitetail. I do dove season is actually one of my favorites. Dove hunting. Uh, that's it's the start of all the hunting seasons really for the year there are other ones but it's like all the all the fall hunting seasons start with dove and um, I would say white-tailed dove I used to duck hunt a little bit Uh, I I had a a bunch of duck calls and things like that and I loved it but I've not gotten into it in the past couple years Um, never been turkey hunting Uh, really I've just not had a place to go and I didn't want to didn't want to go to uh, public land and scout at a spot, but yeah, the, yeah. There, there's a lot of great places to go. It's just more me than it is not having the place to go, I guess. And you've, correct me if I'm wrong, but you have a YouTube show about hunting? Uh, no, no, it was, I had a business for a little, a, a duck call and a grunt call making business, and I still have all the tools for it. We just had to, to stop. Uh, it was just becoming too much between regular jobs and then me having kids and things like that, it just, it, it overwhelmed me, and I had to, to step off of it, but we did some YouTube videos and some Facebook videos okay. with it, and we wanted, I wanted it to be a brand, not a business, um, but, it, and it was going all right, we just, I couldn't do it anymore, and honestly, it took a lot of the fun out of the hunting whenever you're doing it by yourself, because if, if I was trying to video hunting or something like that, and I was doing it all alone I had to carry all of the camera gear and you know right. how much camera gear yeah is. It weighs a lot and then all of my hunting gear as well because I had to have everything for hunting as well and it took a lot of a lot of uh, energy out of me and it, it actually that's probably why I've hunted hunted less than the last two years than I have in a long time because I I was going every single opportunity I had with right. camera equipment charging it every night it, it just it became a lot but it was 
it was a lot of fun to do. And whenever you had the moments that were special, it was really cool to be able to watch back on them. But oh yeah, maybe once your boys are older. Yeah, and maybe they'll they'll do it with me. Maybe they can carry some of the stuff. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they are. You've got a built-in crew. Yeah, they, they that you've worked on. They came hunting with me this last year, and I we were had a little we call it the kids stand it's a little blind and the kids can kind of play in the stand you never expect to see any deer and i could not believe it a deer came out while they were there we really? were we were 20 yards from it and they they begged me to shoot it so i, I went ahead and shot it and uh, they lost their minds they thought it was the coolest thing ever to see that starting them young <laughs> yeah they're, they're gonna be big hunters they go dove hunting with me every year and they're having a lot of fun with it that's great time yeah, yeah, that's a great time, and gives gives your wife a little bit of a break. Yeah, get the kids out of the a little house bit of a, a quiet while. time. <laughs> good thing, good thing that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us today and talking about your journey with Arkansas Valley Electric and some of the cool things that you get to do on a daily basis. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, and I really enjoy doing stuff like this. So yeah, you, you have a cool job. <laughs> well, so we'll get you off of here, and you can go make some maps and go fly some drones. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Until next time. Enjoy. Thank you for listening to The Next Greatest Thing, powered by the Arkansas Valley Electric Cooperative Corporation. Make sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at MyEnergyAVECC. Visit our website at www abecc.com. We hope to see you down the line.